Amen. Let's take our Bibles tonight. Turn to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. I'm trying, I'm thinking of another song. Um, Burdens are lifted at Calvary. That's an Irish hymn. It was written by a pastor from Ireland who came to Toronto, and he was Pastor Wood's pastor in Toronto for uh, several years when he was a boy, but he was from Ireland. He wrote, uh, Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Acts chapter 9 tonight. The title of my message tonight is, Is He Worthy? Is He Worthy? You know, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11, Thou art worthy to receive glory and honor and power. Talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. The Bible answers the question for us already, thou art worthy. He is worthy. But we have to answer that question for ourselves: Is he worthy? It is a motivating factor in all of our service. And so let's look tonight in Acts chapter 9. The Bible says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciple of the Lord, disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Have you ever, I don't know if you're like me, but I, when I read that, I wonder, what did that voice sound like? I think when we get to heaven, we're going to know the voice of Jesus. I just believe that. But I don't know that the Lord's voice would be the same here on this road to Damascus. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? The Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. Let's pray. Father, we've had a good time tonight. We don't intend to come to church to have fun. We come to worship. We come to praise you. But Lord, I've, I can honestly say there's been a lot of joy tonight. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to carry that joy with us into a lost and dying world that needs to see Jesus in us. They need to see that Christians just don't walk around with a sober face all the time, but that there's real joy in serving Jesus Christ. Father, tonight, we pray that you'd motivate our hearts. Help us, Lord, even in this hour of uh, difficulty in sharing the gospel. We can't go door to door. It's difficult to do any sort of uh, one-on-one evangelism just because of all the the laws and the social distancing factors. Lord, it doesn't excuse us from preaching Christ. So I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to sort out some things tonight that might help us to be motivated to serve the Lord Jesus Christ with all our hearts, souls, and minds. Lord, I need your help, and I ask for your filling. I surrender to you. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. 
Amen. There's been a lot of thought over the years given to missions and the Great Commission. You might say, I'm not a missionary, I'm not involved in foreign mission work or even domestic mission work, but the truth is we're all involved in the Great Commission. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1, 8, ye shall be witnesses. doesn't say you might be, you are. And your, your witness and the light that you are shining from your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is on display. Your testimony is there for everyone to see. Uh, some of you might say, well, I, don't, I just don't have a very bright light. I don't have a very good testimony. And yet the world, that's what they see. And some others are shining brightly. And that's what the world sees. We have to be careful not to sh- shine our own light. But we must shine the light of Jesus Christ. John the Baptist understood that when they came to him and asked him who he was. And he says, I am not the light. I am like the lampstand that holds up the light. We are lamps, but we are not the light. We do not shine in and of ourselves. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, and we are to shine forth the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are all involved in some way in the Great Commission, whether it is positive or whether we impact it negatively. Those who have surrendered to the call and perhaps you are uh, involved in personal soul winning or you're teaching a class of children, whatever it is, whatever it is you do for the Lord, if somebody were to ask you, why do you do that? You may answer, and I've heard missionaries say this, I'm going because of the need. There's a great need. And certainly if your heart is tender at all, you want to go to every country that a missionary passes through and shows their slides. I I think it's a little bit underhanded sometimes when they put those sad little children up there on the screens, don't you? I mean, your heart just breaks for them. And you understand that the only hope that they have is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so the need, of course, is great. Jesus Christ himself, think about this, the only thing Jesus ever had a need of was laborers to go forth. He says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. That's the only thing Jesus ever needed. I need more workers. I need more people that recognize the need because the fields are white already on the harvest. And so there is the need. Some might say, if you were to quiz them and say, why are you going to the mission field? They might say, well, out of obedience. The Lord has called me and I'm following after the command of Christ and some are compelled to go to give or to pray and, and they just feel like that is the important, they want to have a, a meaningful participation in the Great Commission. I'm thankful for those that give. Let's be honest, we can't all go unless some give to support. We can't all go unless some pray to support. And so we all have a role in the, in the Great Commission. We all have a role in, in world evangelism. And so some will go because of the need and some will go because of obedience. And both of those are right. There are, is a great need and it's important that we, each one of us, all of God's children have a part in reaching the world. We should be obedient to the Great Commission. When Jesus said, go ye therefore, he was talking to you. They said, well, what about you? Yeah, he was talking to me too. But the finger was firmly pointed at each one of us. Go ye, therefore, and preach the gospel. Now, if we look carefully at Scripture tonight, though, I want to believe we're not asking the wrong questions, but I think we're asking it out of order. 
Why are you going? Why are you serving? Those are, those are important questions, and we need to sort that out in our lives. But there's a more important question. And I think we see that bearing out in Scripture in Acts chapter 9. And so look there with me tonight. Acts chapter 9 and verse 5. Saul has been persecuting the Christians and the Bible says he received letters and he was dragging them out of their homes and he was killing them and breathing out threatenings and slaughtering and taking them back to Jerusalem bound. And as he journeyed, he was confronted by the Lord Jesus Christ and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? In verse 5, Saul says this. He said, who art thou, Lord? Who art thou, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? We live in a day and age where the world is a tumultuous place. It is a difficult, difficult field. I think we understand that we live in one of the most peaceful nations on earth. There are other places that are similar, but I don't know that any enjoy the comforts of Canada. I'm going to be honest, I wouldn't even want to live in the United States right now. People are burning down cities down there. I mean, it's just an upheaval and of civil unrest. And across our world, we see a hatred for the Lord Jesus Christ. A, a missionary sent me a video today, and it was, it was in South Africa, and a man being stoned in the street, and I mean, using big bricks, and they slammed on. I had to turn it I couldn't watch as they killed that man in the streets for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We live in a comfortable wonderful society and and we are so thankful that God has given us that uh, that that freedom and and so sometimes when we are asked the question why do we serve or what is it I should do for the Lord I, listen we're asking the wrong question that's a secondary question the first question we need to sort out is who art thou Lord I was talking about the world. The Bible says that we are to go into all the world. Do you understand what the world is? It is, a, it is a wicked place. It is a scary place. It is a horrible place at times. And, and we are seeing missionaries return at an alarming rate. They'll go for a few years and then come home and there's personal hardships and there's disease and there's peril and there's danger. And, and so they, they come home from the field and friends, the gospel of Jesus Christ cannot afford to quit. It must go forward. And I believe the problem is, is a lot of times we're asking the question, what should I do for the Lord rather than who is the Lord? You see, when Saul asked the question, who art thou, Lord? It was a question about his worth. Now follow me here for a minute. Saul was a Pharisee who had been given great responsibility and great power, right? I mean, he had been given letters 
from the high priest to go all the way to Damascus and he was able to, with free passage, go in and out of those synagogues and he would go into the homes of people and if they were following the Lord Jesus Christ, he would tie them up and drag them out. But the Bible says he was breathing out threatenings and slaughter, so I'm not sure how many prisoners were actually making it back home. Well, that was his life. Later on, Paul would attest that I, that, that I, I persecuted Christians. I killed people. I, I, I was a Pharisee above all Pharisees, and I, was a, I persecuted Christians with much zeal. He, was, he had once been proud of what he was doing against the cause of Christ. And so now as he falls on his face before this bright light that blinds him, and he hears the voice, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? The first thing he wants to know is, do I really need to listen to you? Is this somebody that I should be paying attention to? Is this somebody that has some value and some worth? And so he says, who art thou, Lord? And as soon as he said, Jesus, the next question came right out of Paul's mouth, what do I need to do? See, here's the thing. Once we get settled who God is and is he worthy, everything else comes easy. We won't quit so quickly. Listen, we go into places with our bus ministry, and I'm, oh man, I'm so thankful for our bus ministry and the kids that come to Master Clubs. You understand, you know, some people say, well, Master Clubs, you know, the kids are, I walked in the bathroom the other night, uh, and this happened, I walked in the bathroom, and a kid was standing on the urinal. I did. I could hear something in the hallway, and I used to stand there, and I thought, you know, bust that thing, come on, man, get off there. The boys learn that if they flush all the urinals at the same time as fast as they can, they can get the pipes in the building shaking. They go, boom, 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 boom. They were like Congo drums in there. They, they were enjoying that. And some people will say, well, that's, this is the house of God. Do you understand this is the only gospel those kids are going to hear? They need Jesus Christ. And if it costs us a $100 toilet once in a while, it's worth it. And here's the thing. You, you, might, you might look at those kids and you may look at somebody on the street and you might look at the drug addicts downtown and, and you just say, I just don't know if I want to talk to that person. I don't know if I can love that person. Hey, hey, listen, here's the problem. It's not about what you are doing. It's about who you are serving. It's about him. And that's why we quit so easily. Because our focus is not, who, are, who is it, Lord. Who is this that is speaking? Think about this if we look at the other side of the coin. If it had been anybody else, if that voice that came out of the cloud said, well, this is the great high priest, Paul might have said, well, I'm doing your work already. What's your problem? If he said it were some other, if he said it was John the Baptist reincarnated, I don't think Paul would have had the same reaction. But when the voice came back and said, it is Jesus whom thou persecutest. Oh, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Do you understand what that word means, kick against the pricks? It means this is not the first time Paul had been pricked by Jesus. This was plural. 
Jesus had been working on his heart and pricking his life. And every time a Christian was led out and, and he, they willingly went without fighting and, and he wondered why somebody could be stoned and looked at the heavens and say, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father like he did with Stephen. Every time he saw a Christian response, his heart was pricked by the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when the voice came back, he said, it is Jesus. Paul said, I'm listening. I'm listening. What will thou have me to do? And sometimes we serve because it's a duty. The church at Laodicea had lost their first love. Lost their first love. And you know what the thing was? Jesus still said to them, I know thy works. <laughs> they were still doing works and yet they didn't love Jesus. What profit is that? I'd rather go to a church that says we serve because we love Jesus. We serve because we serve the Holy One. Now we are to love one another and we are to serve one another. But I'm gonna be honest, some of you are just unlovely. Amen? I, I'm unlovely. I get it. I, I was teasing Calvin the other day. He asked me to help him move a couch. I don't know how he found the Guinness Book of World Records heaviest couch in the world, but he did. And it was down in a basement that I don't know how they got it in the basement. And I hit my head, and, and of course he made me go backwards up the steps. And so, and, and, and Calvin has no patience. Calvin, there he is. And so he's just pushing it up the steps, and I'm falling down, and I'm banging my head. And, and I was just like, so we get in the car after, and Timmy says to me, he says, when are you coming back to see me again? And I said, well, I, I've, I'm, I'm pretty booked up. I'm busy till August, I can come over August 19th. And Calvin says, I'm moving August 18th. I said, I know. <laughs> I, there's a lot of things we don't like doing, isn't there? How many of you know when somebody's moving, you're glad you don't own a truck? <laughs> right? We just, it's just, I've helped people move where you go in the home, they haven't packed a thing. And you're packing boxes and you're blowing... And it's just, I don't want to see all your mess. I don't want to know what's going in these boxes. And it just, I hate moving. Let me just say that to everybody. I hate moving. Don't call me. But the truth is, is if you call me, I'll probably say yes. Less if thankfully I'm busy somewhere. Why? Because I'm not serving you. I'm serving him. If we get that switched around somewhere in our hearts and minds, we're not going to be the servants we ought to be. We're not going to love people like we ought to love them. We have to figure out who God is and whether or not he is worthy of our service. I told you this story before about Stuart Foy. Stuart is youth pastor in Wingham, Ontario, came to Baptist Bible College Canada here back in the 80s and we became friends. And he, uh, I went up one night when I was a teenager, he was in college and I was about 18 or 19 and he was preaching so some of us drove up on a Sunday afternoon to hear him preach in Wingham. That day, they had to run a van that morning and he would, was driving the van and or somebody was driving the van, he was working on the route, and it was a little boy. His pastor told me this. 
He says, I, he says, man, Stuart, he says he just loves people. And he says, this morning, he says, this little boy got on the van and his head was just right full of lice. And he says, I was driving the van and Stuart was back there working with the kids. And when, when I put this kid in the bus, I said to Stuart, now be careful. He says, he's got so many, he says, they're, they're all, I can see him running up and down his neck. He's got so many lice. They're biting him and he says, he's just infested, so just be careful. He says, that little boy wanted to climb up and sit in Stuart's lap. And he says, he didn't even hesitate. He just took him and he set him on his lap. And when they hit a bump, he hugged him. He says, that little boy needed the love of Jesus today. And he says, Stuart gave it to him. But I know this for a fact. It's because Stuart loved Jesus that he did that. Because he had the right heart towards the Lord. Because he said, there's, there's no job I can't do for God if I love Jesus right. Paul was confronted on the road to Damascus and he, l- listen, he was wise. He said, who is this that's speaking? Who is it, Lord? It's Jesus. I surrender. Because you are worthy. Because you are worthy. I haven't even got to the message yet. I'm just on the introduction, but I'm just going to leave it right there. That's enough to prick my heart. Who is Jesus to you? And when you figure that out, is he worthy? The disciples had gone off at the behest of the Lord Jesus Christ and they were gone out two by two and they were casting out demons and they were preaching the gospel and they were doing miracles and they came back and Jesus said, what happened? And they said, oh, they said, it was wonderful. They said, even the demons are subject unto thy name. They said, well, who do they say the son of man is? They said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elias, Elijah. Others say some other great prophet. And he looked at Peter and says, but who do you say that I am? No matter what they all think. He was making a point. Peter, who do you think I am? I believe you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Do you know what he told Peter just a few pages later? Peter, one day you're going to go where you wouldn't go by yourself. Men are going to have to carry you to your death. He couldn't have told Peter that before until Peter professed out the Christ. Oh, but Peter, Peter still stumbled, didn't he? Sure he did. He denied Christ three times. But on Resurrection Sunday, it was go and tell the disciples and Peter. Peter's the one that believes I'm the Christ, the Son, the living God. Yeah, he messed up, but go tell him. And Peter went running down to the tomb and barged right in. It was Peter that when he heard the voice of Jesus on the seashore that he threw himself into the water and swam to shore. It was Peter that would preach the day of Pentecost and 3,000 would be saved. It was Peter that would say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee, In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man went leaping and praising God into the temple. 
It was Peter that would be thrown into prison when brought before the magistrate. They would say, we perceive that you are an unlearned and an ignorant man. But we can tell you've been with Jesus. Put that on my headstone. I wish that could be said of me. I can see he's been with Jesus. Yeah, he wasn't perfect and he messed up. But he understood the worth of God. And those disciples went and they turned the world upside down. That's in the book. I'm not even making that up as a phrase. That's in the book of Acts. The world was shaken because of their prayer life and because of their ministry and because of their soul winning. The world was turned upside down. Who is it that you serve? You're going to get tired of serving man. You'll never grow weary of serving Christ. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Here's what Jesus said. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, you know what a yoke is? For you kids, it's not the thing that comes out of an egg. Yoke is what puts animals together in a harness so that they can pull a weight. I wouldn't think that would be, Jesus says, come on, take, take my yoke upon you. Here's the thing, Jesus does all the pulling. You're just along for the ride. He takes all the weight of that burden and he says, because my, my yoke is easy, my burden. He says, you can yoke up with something else and it's going to be heavy. Would you come yoke up with me? My yoke is easy, my burden is light because I'll do all the work. All the strength is in Jesus. Is he worthy? What did he do for you? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice. Start counting the mercies of God. Just just start numbering them. He says, in light of all that, serve me. Let's pray. Father, we love you and thank you for your word. Speak to our hearts, we pray. Will God motivate us to do more for Christ? Lord, I pray that you would just use these simple thoughts tonight and as feeble as they were to remind us that thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So God, speak to our hearts and minister to us, we pray. May the Holy Spirit of God prick our hearts like he did Paul. And Lord, may we rise from our knees and ask the question, Lord, what will you have me to do? Not because we want to be seen of men, not because we're looking for applause, not because we're looking to be famous, but because we recognize the worth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and all that he has done for us. And with a heart of love and gratitude, we willingly surrender our lives to him. Father, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. The instruments are gonna play.
The altar's open if God has spoke to your heart. Let's do business with the Lord.